the Endurance Asia podcast. Yo, take your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Welcome to the latest episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. This week we're delighted to bring you Veronica Vadovakova. Uh, this is an interview we recorded a little while back, uh, but very much a case of better late than never. Veronica is an absolute force on the Asia trail running scene. Um, we, we loved our chat with her, finding out about her background in Shanghai. Um, she now lives down in Hong Kong, um, and she is the, the reigning champion of the Asia Trail Masters. Um, she's also one of the co-founders of Asia Trail Girls, which is a fantastic initiative that's gone from strength to strength in just a few short months uh, and it's an absolute privilege to have her on the show so without further ado here is Veronica Vadovakova. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey Veronica welcome back to the Endurance Asia podcast. Thank you it's great to be back thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been. Um, we we're just saying it's been almost a year since we uh, since we caught up last time. We uh, you were on the podcast along with your team for the unofficial Oxfam Trail Walker last uh, last October. Um, that you, uh, you you yourself, John Ellis and uh, and Ryan, um, all came on the podcast after absolutely smashing uh, smashing the unofficial trail walker last year. Um, it's been a, there's a lot's going lots been you've been a busy you've been really busy since then as well so yeah it's good to um it's good to, to good to meet up again um Veronica we didn't really have a chance last time to sort of truly go into your background so yeah it'd be good for you to share sort of um your background where you grew up what where um you know your your sort of how you first originally got into endurance sports so yeah tell me what's um yeah what's your story I was born and raised in Slovakia. Uh, I was always active, you know, a lot of hiking, outdoors, but nothing too competitive. Um, and actually, I only got into endurance sports once I moved to Asia. Um, so I first got to Asia, came to Asia in 2010, just as a student studying Mandarin. And I really fell in love with um, just everything about Asia, you know, the whole like excitement is just such a different continent compared to Europe. So I came back. Um, and after living in Shanghai for about three years, I got really into triathlon. So, uh, you know, I found a group of friends who kind of pushed, we pushed each other, we started racing, and that's how I first got into endurance sports. So I think my first triathlon race was April 2017, so like three and a half years ago. Um, and then actually trail running didn't happen until 2018. So uh, it was kind of not, not really something you would do living in Shanghai because you don't have any trails or any mountains in the city. <laughs> um, so I was just doing triathlon because it was fun and it was like a cool thing to do. But then like end of 2017, I joined my first trail race just you know, just something new to try. And I just felt like, wow, this is really amazing. I had such a great time. I did well. And I just felt like that's something I would love to do more of. 
But again, living in Shanghai didn't happen immediately because you go back to the city and it's hard without any training, without, you know. Then I joined a few races in the summer 2018, but it only really started last year. So last year was kind of my breakthrough into trail running. Yeah, and, and we'll get into that. It was the first um, first full season in uh, the Asia Trail Masters you did, and um, yeah, I mean, like Rick, you used to you lived in um, in Shanghai for a while, and uh, um, it's not it's not the easiest place to train for endurance sports, right? Especially if you live in live in the city. I mean, I've travelled there for work a bit, and you can run down the Bund, and then like, how do you train in a in a, in a city like Shanghai? Um, I think it's all about the community. It's super important. I think if it was just me alone, I would never even think about it. But once you live in Shanghai for a long time, you kind of look for something else because you had, you know, it's a great place to party and have fun. But after a few years, like you were kind of done with that. And that's where, that's how I actually got into like sports more actively because then you realize that there is more people like you who want to do something else and um, you know there is no trails but there is huge roads um, where you can cycle and run for forever it might not be the most pleasant or nicest environment but that's when the friends come in you know like when you do it as a group like you can ride all the way from the city center to the airport and it's not very scenic route but you know, you're in a big group, you kind of forget about it and it's fun because um, you don't do it alone. So I think that's yeah. number one thing. I think no one can really train for endurance um, races just doing it by himself in Shanghai stuff. Yeah, because you, you've obviously got the air pollution as well. And that I've done that drive from the city to the airport is just it's almost like just complete sort of marshland or i don't know it's just like a it's no man's land isn't it it just feels like a um uh, like complete scrubland but um yeah um i'm sure uh, and so what was the first trail race that you did then which was the first one that sort of piqued your interest i don't even to be fair i don't remember the name of it anymore it was a very random uh race like not far from shanghai maybe like three hours ride um, you know, in China, they do a lot of races where you can join for free as a foreigner. So right. that was kind of like, yeah, there is a race where like, you know, the local government wants more foreigners to join um, to make it more international. Um, so that was kind of the draw. Like, let's do it, me and two other girlfriends. Um, yeah, I think it was 26K. Uh, but it was the first time that I was running um as part of the race, like out, not on the roads, you know, like we went through different like forests. It was quite nice. Um, so that, that was the first one, nothing like major or big, like no big name, very local, but very, very nice experience. How do you, can you remember where it was? You, were you training out in, was it, where is it, Morganshan or where were you? It was called Shang, it was called Shengzhou. I think it was either like Zhejiang or Jiangsu province, like, Actually, the provinces around Shanghai are quite green. So there is a lot of uh, good spots to ride a bike or probably to run trails, but the trails are not really marked. So that's why it's much easier to cycle because you get a lot of mountains and you, you're like cycling through villages and it's nice. Uh, but then if you want to run, it's very hard to find any place for running. You know, it's uh, that's why 
you can really only do it in a race or if someone already discovers a place and then you just follow their route. Yeah, we had, um, we had Chris from Major Trailmaster on recently. He was talking about putting on some of these races in really out of the way locations and trying to attract people to come and do them. But um, <laughs> it seems like, I mean, it seems like a scene that's really taken off there now, um, even in, in the more remote, remote parts of China. But I guess you were there kind of pioneering it a few years ago. Yeah, definitely more like Chinese are really, really crazy about trail running these days. Like it was first was marathon. And now I think they're really moving into trails, kind of like what happened elsewhere as well. But in China, it's a bit delayed, but it's really huge. So many of the races, like you don't know much about them, but then you come and they're really huge, like a lot of money, like put into the organization. Like it's really like actually incredible because it's something you would expect from like a, I don't know, like a very famous race. And then it's just some race in China that you don't really know, but they really organize well. So yeah, it's quite fun to actually do trail races there. So I would, I would definitely recommend. It's a bit hard to find out about them if you don't speak Chinese, because they're usually not advertised um, unless it's like by UTMB, which is also a new phenomenon. <laughs> Did you did you have any sense of whether you were any good? Like, I guess you're doing these races, but they're kind of remote. You, you, you're coming in as a free foreigner and you're doing well, but I mean, you never trail run before. Like, did you did you think you were good or did you just think you kind of got lucky in these this, this small location? Uh, I think I'm, I've always been a good runner. So I was sort of like confident, but I wasn't sure like, oh, how is the competition going to be like? But I think the first race, like the competition wasn't too big because it's very, very recent. So I think the top runners in China, they, they really, maybe they started like a little bit before I started. And then there are so many races, they wouldn't travel like through the country to like a small local race. So I think it was both like, I wasn't too bad, but also the competition wasn't huge. Uh, and I think it's still sort of like much, the competition is not as big in Asia as it is in Europe or the US. I think it will take some time. Yeah, and, and before that though, when with the triathlon, so um, is Shanghai pretty, I know like Singapore is a really big city for, for triathlon, Ironmans. Is Shanghai becoming quite a, quite a big city for, for triathlons? Was it... Um, you mentioned there was a community yeah. there, but um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, were there quite a few, quite a few races around the uh, around the region that you competed in? Uh, for triathlon, yes, but um, I think when you compare the level of Chinese in trail running and triathlon, like there is the level of tra trail runners is so much higher, and that's because it doesn't cost that much to do yeah. a trail race compared to you know doing a triathlon is really like. Expensive. So the biggest stars from Chinese trail scene are coming from villages and they're really like from a not a very wealthy background. Um, so triathlon was sort of there are races happening, but it's really a sports for the wealthier ones. So uh, I don't know any like really amazing Chinese triathletes. So usually all those races in China, like foreigners would always win. If they train yeah. enough, like they would be always like top three, top, you know, 
even I think even for like half Ironman, yeah. Yeah, and and how did you do in those sort of in that year of training uh, triathlon? What kind of rate were you just doing Olympic distance, or were you doing up until full full Ironman? Uh, I just started Olympic, and uh, I just did Olympic and half because I'm not a good swimmer, so I never did sprint because I felt like I'm not good enough, and I never reached a stage where I would feel like I'm ready for a full Ironman, but it's still somewhere in the back of my head. Uh, but because I'm a good runner and cycling is okay, I think the Olympic distance and the half Ironman distance is sort of the right one for me. So I only did these two. Uh, and yeah, I wasn't that bad. I Maybe that's what kept me motivated because I felt like, you know, you can always go to races and do quite well. Um, but then when I compared myself European level, it was really not that strong. Um, and when you say when you say um, you were not that bad, I'd guess that you were podium. You're on the podium almost every race that you that you were in. Are you being modest? Um, yes, but again, the community is quite small. Like if you just go to races around Shanghai, like not too far, it's always the same people, always kind of the same community. So you really only test yourself maybe if, if there is a half Ironman. Especially like in recent years, a lot of uh, good athletes come to China to do like half Ironmans because the competition is lower. So they try yeah. to go and race in China to get their slots for like to the world champs. Hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what was your uh, I think that, What was your best yeah. time in a in a half hour, half Ironman distance? So my best best. Um, well, I already <laughs> forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was it was it was sub five hours. Yeah, amazing. So I think four fifty five. Yeah. And, and so, did you go to because the, the world champs for the half Ironman is it, is it Monaco or it's in uh yeah it's somewhere in Europe, isn't it? The... Um. So this one is different every year. Every okay, year they choose a new location. So I did one in Nice, and then this year was nice. supposed to be in New Zealand, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so I did the one in Nice and, you know, that was like proper world championship. So I was maybe like top 25 in my age group or, or even less. So it wasn't like the podium. Um, but I knew that before because the level really like is just not there yet. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of the people that are on the sort of top 10, like it's interesting with triathlon is that a lot of them have swimming as their core, as their like original sport they get into. And even though like the swimming is such a shortest part of it, it seems to be so like such a like foundation of, of top triathletes. Uh, like as you looked at the sort of split times at the world champs, so how did you fare on the on the cycle and run? Given that your swimming is your sort of uh, is your weakest uh, weakest discipline. Um, so I really tried to push on the bike because I felt like oh I'm almost the last one coming out of the water, so I really tried to make up for it. And the course was super hilly, which I like. So I knew like I have an advantage over others who prefer like flat course, but then I pushed too much and it's 90 kilometers. So I think I, I just pushed a bit too hard and then my run suffered from it. Even though like running is my strength, uh, I just probably just burned out before the run. Um, so overall, like my bike was really good. 
and then the run which i was relying on was okay <laughs> yeah 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 so you didn't you didn't go in this sort of john ellis um school of pacing on on that world champs then um no. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's and obviously i mean you've said a few times that running is your um a run is your forte when, when did it so you growing up you were never actually like running racing at all uh, I played handball, so I played handball for I think nine years. And uh, playing handball, I was definitely the best runner, so I would always just run back and forth, back and forth. But I never thought about like doing running as a, as like competitively. It never really crossed my mind. So it was kind of a coincidence how it all happened, like the right circumstances, the right time. Um, yeah, as a child or as a teenager growing up, like I never thought well, running is something I would want to do more of. Yeah, and, and it was that like first trail race that you did in China. Did you win that first race that you did? I came second um, yeah. and I was super happy. I didn't expect it. Uh, but I think in Shanghai, I just, you know, compare myself with others who I train with, who I run with. And I can see like my running is better. And so then I, I was kind of like, okay, let's see how it goes. I had no expectations for that first race because I really didn't know. I mean, I really didn't know anything about pacing maybe until trail walker. Uh, and until I did a race with John Ellis, <laughs> I, I just kind of like always run as I feel. And because I have a really competitive spirit, I always try to be in the forefront you know, try to like do as, as good as I can. Um, but then when you really do the endurance uh, races, like trail walker, like you need to be smart with your strategy as well, which is something I really just learned last year. Yeah, that's, and actually last year when you did the trail walker, that was the first time you'd ever done a hundred K as well, right? Um, yeah. But you, you, you obviously had had met John at a, a few races with like where where did you originally meet him? Um, so the first time I met him in the Philippines in March last year, um, because I joined the Asia Trail Master, um, and I all oh, most of my races last year were part of the competition, and because he was part of it as well, trying to do as many as possible. Like we met several times. Um, I think we met at three different races. Um, so yeah, that's how we met first. Um, that's how he introduced me to T8 as well. And he was kind of like a mentor before I even knew it. He was really nice, like helpful, uh, always checking on me. I, did, I, I mean, I didn't know why, but he's just such a nice person. And uh, yeah, so we met last year uh, at a race in March. And so that goes nicely on actually to the, um, to last year. So we, how did you sort of think about doing all of the Asia trail master? Did you originally do one of the races and then in the prior season and thought, and then decided to go after it the following season or how, how did it come about that you sort of committed to the full season of it? Uh, actually I, uh, spoke to Chris, the founder of Asia trail master because I was interested in working with him in some way. So we first discussed that. That didn't really work out, but he mentioned to me Asia Trail Master and he thought like, he, he actually like told me I should give it a go. 
and maybe try because I told him I, I started trail running and I'm not that bad. So he was the one who introduced me to it. I still remember we were just talking on Skype and it was just out of the blue. And then I, I mean, I, I, I found out what it was all about and I planned sort of my race schedule for the whole, for like the first half of the year. And I tried to persuade like as many friends to come with me as, as many friends as possible to join me. So it was more of a like fun adventure with friends and always like discovering a new place. Because that's what's good about um, ATM. You know, they have races like all over Asia, so you can always choose a, a new destination. So that's how I chose my races. Um, and then uh, also, what, what races? Sorry, sorry. I, I was going to say, what races did you choose then? What were you? Um, what What were your um, your list of races as part of the last season's Asia Trail Master? Um, so I didn't choose the long ones because I didn't think I was able to do them. Um, so all my races were like up to 85k. Um, and I just, I started with 50, like I did two races, like 50k. And then I did one bigger one in, in China. It was more about like what's accessible, how long is it going to take to get there? Uh, you know, is it a cool destination to go? Do my friends want to join me? It was more that than any other like strategy. But I do remember John Ellis showing me his schedule of like perfect Excel sheet of every single race in the competition, like how long it takes to get there. What's the, what are the points? Like I didn't really know there were like different points for different races at the start. <laughs> so yeah, I just... I just did it uh, mostly for the experience and for fun. Uh, but then like halfway through, I knew I was leading the competition. And then of course I chose races that will uh, potentially help me to win. Um, and yeah, so then my strategy changed uh, after first three or four races. Uh, and the first three or four, you mentioned you had one in China is like your third of all, you said Philippines, was it Cordillera or? Yeah, it was the Cordillera. So that was a great race. Like really, I recommend. Uh, it was so remote, super remote, but really like nice. Everyone like we lived with villagers. It was such a nice experience and a different side of the Philippines that most tourists are used to. It was not by the sea. It was in the mountains. It was really, really nice. Yeah, we're um, you, Rick and I have been up as well, in, um, uh, yeah, near to Baguio, isn't it? It's just a beautiful, beautiful part of the uh, part of the world. Uh, what what were the um, what were the other races that you um, that you had as part of your schedule? So you mentioned one in China. Um, obviously, the end of the season one was in Malaysia, which was the um, the sort of final that uh, was like a double yeah. points, right? Isn't it? So that's uh, yeah, I think in the final, yeah, you get double points, or it's very specific the point system so you always have an a race and a b race depending on the distance but you can really strategize because sometimes like a b race i did a b race in china but it was 85 kilometers because the a race was 115 then when you compare it to like another race where the distance is not that long it kind of makes no sense but i just did it because it was very close to shanghai so yeah. uh yeah, I think you can strategize quite a lot uh, and choose the races that are more suitable for your skills. Like, I just knew I didn't want to do anything over like 100 because I wasn't ready. 
I'm still not ready. So. Yeah. Well, you you say that, but then um um I, it wasn't quite the at uh, the end of the you hadn't quite completed the season when you ran Trail Walker, right? You still had there was still one or two races to go this time last year. Um, but you're as you say you're in the the lead for Asia Trail Master, and then uh, and so yeah, your first hundred k, and before that, you had all of the races you just going out like uh, like full blast, uh, pushing it as hard yeah, as you can to the end. Yeah, like completely like wrong probably. I was dying in the end. I don't know. It's just kind of like a beginner, you know. And uh, you know you're strong, but you I knew about nutrition because that I already had experience with. So I knew like what to eat when, but with my speed and pacing, I, I just, I always just wanted to be as the first one. And as long as I was leading the race, I was happy. Um, so yeah, I had, I, I never planned, like I, I never planned like, okay, from this point to this point, this should be my pace. Um, yeah, until the trail walker happened. <laughs> at any point. I mean, did you, did every race go well or were you, did you find that, you know, sometimes it just didn't work out as planned? Well, luckily it worked out. Um, but that's also because the races did not go over like 100. Uh, but some, like the, the one in China I did, which was 85. I mean, it was really tough. So towards the end, I was almost crying. But then, I don't know, you just feel like, you're almost there. You're almost there. So I didn't have to like DNF. Um, so I just continued doing it that way. Um, and it worked out. Yeah. And did you, what did you learn about your, your running and your strengths on the way? I mean, you said on the bike when you're doing the, the half Ironman that you, you'd like the hilly course, like in that transition into trail running and then doing different distances in different countries. Like did, did you kind of, home in on what it was that you you really loved to do about it and what what was what the strengths were so i love the views but in terms of uh, where are my strengths and what i prefer i don't have any i like to climb i like to run downhill i, I like to just run flat so i don't have a specific strength but i think what was my strength last year was definitely the flat because i ran so much road and flat in Shanghai that I would really go fast on the flat sections then probably like my uphill was not that strong because I didn't train for uphill at all uh, but downhill was okay so I think even until now I wouldn't say that one part of the race is my favorite I kind of like that it's always changing um, so you can adjust I'm not a super strong climber or downhill runner I'm just sort of like same level I think <laughs> all of them that's cool yeah I mean if you, if, you had to, if you had to pick your kind of dream distance at the moment like your sweet spot what is it is it that 80k or do you think now you, you've got you know you've done your 100 and you, you could knock off a few more uh, no I think it's not 100 it's less it's probably somewhere between like 60 70 because I think that's that's where, when you can still go quite fast uh, without, you know, hitting some low point. Um, but yeah, when I did a few like 35, 40k races, I felt like this, it was too stressful. It was too, too much. <laughs> so I think probably, yeah, 60, 70, 80 max. Yeah. And getting to the like final race of the, of the season last year, then, 
you were you, you were it like in front in the league you basically just needed to win the last race in in Malaysia didn't you to secure your position as the uh, as the Asia Trail Master so how did that final race of the season go oh it was really great um I was a bit worried because I got I was injured before trail walker and still kind of felt a bit of pain uh and I had two races in a row so the the final one was only a week after the previous one, which was in Japan. Um, so I felt a bit like, well, can I do it? Um, but as soon as I started, I really had the best time. Maybe it was because I already felt like this is it. It's the final. Like Then, then it's over. I think it was also my mindset. Um, but the race went really well. And um, it was super technical. A lot of like jungle, like steep steep jungle hills like bushwhacking and actually I quite like that so yeah it was uh, it was a great finish of the season I couldn't have wished for anything better yeah I remember now when you were doing trail walker didn't you you had to have like a physio come in and like give you a massage in the middle of the race right you were having like pain in the middle of the yeah. race uh, and then yeah, and then you had to have two consecutive races um, straight after. It was going to be one of my questions to you because there's. I, I was thinking about Alessandro Sherpa when you were talking about how you just like go all out, and that's like the kind of same pacing strategy that he has, like get out in front and just maintain it for the rest of the race until you blow up, sort of thing. And um, but he also, <laughs> after him winning that season, he also like had um, quite a few injuries and. Andy Dubois was like telling, like trying to sort of coach him to like avoid injury. But it strikes me that most people that either like win Asia Trail Master, no one's done it in consecutive years. So sort of trying to see out a season and still be fit enough to try it again the next season. Like how one after that race in Malaysia, were you kind of like ready for a full rest or how have you been since then? I think because it was really only my first season. Like I'm not like John or Alessandro who've been running for a few years. So I haven't really reached a point where I felt like, okay, I really need a break, which in the end, I got a long break this year. Uh, but I didn't feel like I needed a break. I just felt like once I recover, I'm good to go. And towards the end of the year, I felt like my injury is fine. Um, so actually then I did the Hong Kong 100 uh, when I moved to Hong Kong. So that was uh, one of my last races this year. Um, yeah, so no, I, I wasn't burned out because I, I, I'm just not running for that long. Yeah, that, I suppose it's just like having you haven't got the multiple years of mileage of like the the multiple hundred k's that um that people like like john john's got in the legs um yeah i forget how did you get onto the hong kong 100 so that was like one of the last major races of the um that obviously um a lot of the races were cancelled in hong kong more due to the due to the, due to the protests which was uh, trail trail walkers cancellation last year and but hong kong 100 still um did that still go ahead in its full uh, in the full race format? It did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they were the luckiest because they were worried that it won't happen because of the protests, which in the end it did, and it was right before Corona hit. So it was probably like the the organizers were the luckiest ones because um, it happened in like full capacity. So it, yeah, it it was 
it was big. <laughs> yeah, and I forget, how did you get on um, in the Hong Kong 100? So that was my probably best race ever because <laughs> I came second. Um, so it was like a huge success. That's why like after that race, um, I got invited to some other like races that are part of the Ultra Trail World Tour. And I had a huge plan that this year, you know, I, I have a fresh start and maybe I can try to like compete with uh, some elites like outside of Asia um, because that race went super well. Uh, but then, yeah, that was like one of the last ones. <laughs> oh. My plan was ruined. <laughs> How frustrating. So uh, let's not talk about the, the, um, the, yeah, the, the best laid plans that were laid to rest. Let's talk about what you've been up to instead of that. Right. So, um, so, you know, the, you know, the whole race season's just, um, completely sort of gone to pot, like, uh, uh, gone to put, uh, around the world. So what did you, what did you do next? What have you been, um, how have you, you've obviously still been training, but, um, but you've also been busy, uh, um, starting other other businesses and other groups so yeah tell us what you've been up to this year yes so I kind of had to adjust to the situation like everyone and I felt like I have this passion for trail running yet I cannot really race and compete myself so how to make something out of it um, and then you know you're kind of you're stuck in one place cannot travel nothing so I thought of uh, why not, you know, start something that's good for the community. Um, and one of my ideas or the main idea was uh, to encourage other women to join trail running. Um, because especially in Asia, you don't really see that many women that part who participate, even in Hong Kong. Um, it's still a very much like male dominated field, especially races. Maybe it's too intimidating. So I just wanted to create something that would be sort of encouraging, inspiring for women uh, who are either already trail running or maybe consider starting or like transitioning from hiking to trail running. So, so that's how I, uh, the idea just appeared and then I, uh, I started Asia Trail Girls. So that's what it's called now, this project or community. I don't really know yet what, what it is precisely <laughs> and so have you started it completely on your own so who's the um who, who else are you running um asia trail girls with and and like what's the what's the kind of overall mission what's the um the idea of the i mean is it, as you say is it a group community business like what's the um what's the sort of vision of your what you're looking to achieve mm, so i started it by myself um in march i just created the website you know it's the website is there from the beginning. So it's sort of a platform where women can contribute to uh, with their own stories. I love the idea of like story sharing and storytelling because every time a woman tells their, her story, like so many other women can relate. Um, and it can be anything from like training to motherhood, you know, like just anything that is not really out there too much um, because it's from a female perspective and maybe only re relevant to women. Um, so the platform is going, we have more and more contributors who want to share their stories or their advice or, you know, even like race reports, anything is, is fine. Um, so most, the, the most contributors are in Hong Kong because I'm in Hong Kong, but uh, it's growing because I want it to be like, you know, just spreading across Asia. 
Um, so that's one side of Asia Trail Girls. But then the original idea was really to get people together like physically. Um, so I was hoping to do some maybe running retreats, um, running events. Uh, but again, that has been limited. So we did a few group runs in Hong Kong. Uh, we're me and so it's mostly just me. Uh, but uh, we are planning a workshop end of October uh, together with Nia Cooper. So Nia, she's uh, also a trail runner here in Hong Kong. Um, and she wanted to join me. Like she had so many great ideas. So we kind of teamed up um, and we are organizing a workshop with different speakers, um, like ranging from like physiotherapists to um, running coaches, um, you know, professional runners, etc., who will do like different um, sessions uh, on one day. So this will be an event in Hong Kong. Um, and I think it's great because all of them are women. So it's really like for women, by women. Most of them are also running, but they, all, they can really share like professional knowledge. So it's not just stories. It's really like good advice. Um, and then we did a virtual race. Um, so a very successful virtual challenge in August, uh, where like over, I think over 600 people participated. So that was a kind of like a huge success for Asia Trail Girls, especially like outside of Hong Kong. Uh, so a lot of things like here and there, and I'm hoping like once borders reopen and races resume, potentially we can do more things um, to kind of connect women from different countries as well, not just, uh, not just in Hong Kong. Yeah. The, um, the, like the elevation challenge you did, what, what was the, um, the, the concept of it? Um, yeah. And, and how did you, how did you come up with it and manage it? Um, so I, I teamed up with an organizer in Malaysia. Um, so they kind of, we, we did it together, but they originally came with the idea um, to do a team race, of, so teams of four, and do as much elevation as possible in 10 days. Um, and at first we were wondering, like, should we just do it for women? But then I thought, like, we don't really want to exclude men. It's more like we want it to be, we want to be equal, like taken yeah. seriously in sports. So we don't want to do just a challenge for girls or women. So instead we decided it will be teams of four, but with at least two women in a team. So it's really like equal men, women. And that way we also enable like more people to join because I thought it was a great idea and something new. Uh, and what was really good about this challenge, I think compared to other virtual races is that Asia trail girls, like we were covering it from the beginning to the end. So every day, you know, we would share, some media updates, share like the top 10 rankings. So people felt like they were in a real race. So it wasn't yeah. just like, uh, you know, virtual UTMB when you do the course, submit your result and get a certificate. It was really like following them. Whenever someone did something extraordinary, like we would share like an article. So I think that's what made people excited because everyone who was taking part, like they knew where they were at who was before that, who was like in front of them, uh, who they wanted to beat. So it was really like, um, yeah, I think people got this feeling of competing that they didn't have for a long time. It was, a, yeah, a really, a really cool format. And, um, and just some 
unbelievable efforts over those 10 days right um i think i think solomon was the um um uh, contributed the most in terms of total elevation i seem to think he did like um was it like 38,000 or or 36,000 or so meters yeah. in elevation uh over 10 days but what i found like most inspiring was out of the like top 10 um amounts of elevation six of those were were women out of the top 10 in terms of the total elevation done in over those 10 days which is just uh was uh was brilliant and i i do like the format of actually yeah rather than just doing it as an all-female event actually let's just have it as like a purely mixed event i think that's really cool it's like truly um inclusive and um uh but i still think there is actually we, we um we were chatting um just a couple of weeks ago with uh with nathan fave who's like a really top adventure racer and he's a he's a race director he organizes a race called the spring challenge down in new zealand which is an adventure race teams of three women it's purely female races and they have like 500 teams of um uh, of um teams of three women and it's just like and it fills up every year um and like that for me is just amazing because going back 10 years, there would probably, like a lot of the races in Hong Kong, they're probably the sort of longer distance. There would be, I suppose, 10 or 20% females in there. And it's definitely um, increasing towards the sort of like 30% or so in a lot of the races now. But we're still, certainly for the longer distances, we're still quite far off having um having 50 50 um in uh, um in male female in races and i think like people like andre bloomberg like with the uh, hong kong four trails like wanting to get to sort of um uh to parity between male and female in races i think there's just been a lot of people that have wanted to put some attention on increasing um the attendance from from women and i think like this like yeah the asia trail girls is just an even better way to be like it's just another great a resource to be able to promote the sport to um to females and encourage more to get in and i've got to say it's like the the inspire i like blokes find the stories just as inspiring as other females do i mean you know you've got so many phenomenal runners like nikki han is just like ah oh, she's just truly inspiring and nia cooper we talked about her the the other week um doing the um the grand slam in hong kong just before and you've got um you've got people like uh like jerry chu that we've had on had on the podcast here before and you know and then like jasmine paris there's just so many examples of just incredibly inspiring female runners that yeah it's not just uh, other in, inspiring other females to to get into the sport it's always also like um you know then marie mcnaughton's another one in hong kong she's like i think she's got three kids and she's still just so unbelievably talented and just like and just juggling being a, um a, like being a parent of and having that many kids and still being able to train to that level um yeah, so I feel like I'm going off on an absolute rant here, but I'm like, I'm really passionate about it as well. And it's something that Rick and I, when we started the podcast, we kind of like wanted to focus on diversity and making sure that we have people from different ethnicities and, um, and obviously gender and, um, and something like, yeah, the, the, we're like really truly supportive of like Asia Trail Girls and what you, what you guys are trying to do as well. Thank you. <laughs> I completely agree. Like some of the women who took part in the challenge, like 
I was so inspired because it really took a lot of mental strength, you know, to do that, to get out there like every single day for 10 days and do as much as they did. Um, for me, that was like really inspirational. And as you mentioned, like so many were, yeah, in the top, top 10, there were some women and actually like overall, like top 20 women, they climbed more than top 20 men when I um, actually like edited it up, edited it together. So yeah, you can see like it's, it's, women are really strong and especially when it comes to endurance. So th this was a great way to see like maybe, of course, like speed will never be, at, like they will never be as fast as men, but the endurance and kind of the determination is something like super inspiring. I was really, wow. My, yeah, I was also like so excited to see so many strong women uh, from Hong Kong, but also other countries, uh, even women like I never heard of before and women who never even did a race. Um, but then they kind of just go and do it and give, give it everything. It's something that it came up when we spoke to the guys at race space last year, I guess it was uh, that just trying to encourage, not just kind of raise kind of interest in it, but facilitate um, participation in some of these events around the region. And the fact that there's such an amazing depth of talent and really in a lot of these places around Asia it's just it, it, the opportunities for people to participate just aren't there or if they are there to participate in their local race so you've got people like um like Ruth Theresia or something in Indonesia <clears throat> but really she's kind of an exception because obviously she's phenomenally talented and she's kind of had that breakout success and been able to participate overseas but there's so much more talent there that just doesn't have that exposure and opportunity um so I, I think something like asia trail girls just just i mean even just in in it in in the name and the and what you guys are doing to uh, to shine a light on some of this stuff is is is, is overdue and, and really fantastic yeah that another one that like is what i find really inspirational is uh is mira rye as well i think she's just uh, unbelievable uh, like she's just she's just an amazing person she just this energy and glow from her and um and i think that um like we've been um like i really like the charity as well free to run i don't know if you've um yeah you've been exposed to stephanie case and um and everything they're trying to do to, to help women get into sport in the um in sort of war-torn regions as well it's a it's a phenomenal charity and um and cause um but yeah, are there any other like actually like who has been an inspiration to you then, Veronica? Are there any um, are there any women specifically that you've um, that you found truly inspiring from I suppose from endurance sports, but could be um, could be from from any sport? I just cannot name one because there like just in the challenge there have been so many. Because usually when when uh, I was racing, I would always watch like the best women you know, know like who is, who is good, like who I look up to. But now in the challenge, I realize like there is so many, like, who, like no one knows really who they are, but they are so strong. And as you say, like maybe they just don't have the right opportunities in their own country to really like shine or maybe come to a bigger event. Um, so that's my next mission. Like I would really like to find ambassadors in other countries who could help me with, the local like runners because it's not really possible for me to be always the face uh, and like the one who does this all so 
I'm just like Mira Reyes in Nepal. Like, you know, she's really trying to get more girls into trail running and give them more support. Um, I would like this to, you know, happen and grow in, in other countries in Asia as well with the help of people like, for example, Ruth Theresia in, in Indonesia, like who are already, who had the opportunity or somehow like um, it was possible for them to shine and to travel abroad and maybe like, you know, with their help to, to help the trail running community grow in their own country as well. Yeah. And I suppose like one of the goals would be to try and help facilitate some of these, um, like to be able to unearth some really great female talent from Asia to actually make it into some of the, some of the world scene, um, whether it be getting to, um, to UTMB. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of, but trying to find ways to, um, to take out of like, you know, if they haven't got the means to be able to pay for themselves to go out to try and find the sponsorship, maybe to try and find the, a way for them to be able to sort of go on, onto the like, um, yeah, th these sort of more global, global races. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so what's, um, what else have you got? I mean, it's really difficult to sort of like plan too much at the moment, isn't it? But, um, both for, um, Asia trail girls and, and for yourself, like, what are you thinking about for the next sort of six, six, 12 months, both in your own racing and then, and um, then potential events around Asia trail girls. Um, so let's imagine scenario that we can travel and race again, because as long as that's not possible, uh, there is little we can do in terms of planning. But if it's possible, then um, I would like to probably just replicate my plan for 2020 in terms of racing. I feel like I'm really out of shape now, so that will be tough because <laughs> it's been one year of more or less break, you know, taking it easy. Um, but I will try to like do the Ultra Trail World Tour again or not again, like I will try to do it this time if it's possible. And for Asia Trail Girls, I would love to, you know, visit other countries in Asia uh, for different races perhaps and try to get women from that region or that country to join, meet them in person because it's really hard to, you know, look for ambassadors when the only means is email. Um, so I would love to do do more of that, like join some races in, in countries in Asia where I can like reach out other women who are based there, you know, who can help me grow the community. So that's sort of what I'm hoping for. Um, so maybe even do some Asia Trail Master races again um, in different countries. Yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we, we were speaking to um, to to Chris before, and he's um, obviously talked about that this season is going to be blended into into. Will you be uh, trying to regain your crown um, as the the races start up? Uh, I think or retain I will your crown. No, <laughs> I think uh, I don't think so because it it's been a great success for me personally, and uh, you know it it probably like. Thanks to Asia Trail Master, I am where I am now, and I want someone else to have that. So I don't want to try to compete for that title again, but I would love to take part in some races, maybe go somewhere where I haven't been before. Um, yeah, more like, you know, just 
to enjoy, not necessarily to like win the title again. What, what happened to that like competitive spirit that you were talking about, Veronica? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's uh, with the whole Asia Trail girls, you know, like I can see how amazing it feels when you have impact on others. And actually that gives me even more like fulfillment than perhaps like winning the race myself. Like when I see others like pushing themselves and achieving something. Um, so now I'm more into in, in like this mindset of, uh, you know, supporting other runners, other women, inspiring them and not necessarily by me like crushing the race maybe you know organizing a workshop before the race for free for like the local community and then i can take part in the race yeah well you're you're also by default back-to-back champion anyway right so you won it in 2019 i'm still now. the champion 2020 yeah. apparently um but yeah I, I don't really feel like a champion of the, this year uh, in terms of, you know, winning Asia Trail Master. Um, Do you see um, doing any further virtual events? Uh, well, yeah, maybe before end of the year. Uh, maybe we could do another one, like similar to the last one, but potentially not just focusing on elevation. So I've been discussing it with a Malaysian uh, friend of mine, uh, but nothing has been decided yet. So, uh, you know, it's something that you can do from time to time, but if you do it, if you do too much of it, like you won't, motivate, you won't, it won't be as successful. So we need a break um, yeah. to make people excited about it again. Yeah. If I get um, invited to one more webinar through work, I spend half my life on Zoom at work. I don't want to sit there on any more webinars. Like, uh, yeah, I think like everyone just wants to be able to sort of like, get to more physical events and like hopefully Hong Kong and, and domestically um, a few events might be able to sort of go ahead at, um, at, at some point, just travel is probably going to be a bit more, um, uh, a bit more challenging, but you, you've been keeping up training. I mean, I was sitting there, see your background, you've got like the, the peak behind you. You've got, um, yeah, good training routes on your doorstep. I, I follow you on Strava and see like, you've got like, crowns um for pretty much every route around the whole of hong kong have you got any more strava segments you need to check off before um... oh there's always more or you know we can create more uh <laughs> but it's been a bit tough in the uh, like july august yeah. super hot so no crowns there but now i feel a bit more motivated as the weather is very slowly but it is um getting a little bit cooler so i think everyone feels like you know they can push more because it was it was my first summer in Hong Kong and it, it's a long summer. <laughs> it, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, I suppose you would have been used to it in Shanghai as well, but it's slightly different training on a bike and to just doing road running to to like training on the trails in the in the summer in Hong Kong. It can be pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, look, it's been um, it's been a, a pleasure to um, to to get you on, Veronica, and um, and hear more about um, about the Asia Trail Girls and everything up to where. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you take on the uh, Ultra Trail World Tour um, next year once that gets up and running. Uh, how many races will be within that? Well, like, how many races did you originally have planned, and so what would you be expecting to do next year? So I had planned. 
I did one and then I uh, planned three more until like summer, until August. So I had like a half year plan. Um, and yeah, then I was thinking like, let's see how it goes. So now probably just the same. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't really thought about it yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll see when it comes up. Um, any shout outs you'd like to give or is there anywhere like, like so the, um, your um, website to, um, to follow on the Asia Trail Girls? What's the, what's the, um, the URL? How do, it's uh, yeah, asiatrails.com, asiatrailgirls.com. Yeah. Um, and so then the people, Asia... sorry. Yeah, so you can uh, follow Asia Trail Girls on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, our web on our website. If uh, anyone wants to contribute with their own, uh, you know, piece of writing or share their story, even in the form of an interview, if someone doesn't feel confident uh, writing something on their own, then please reach out to me either through like Instagram, Facebook, or directly through the website, um, and for sure we'll get back to whoever sends a message and who, whoever wants to be part of it, like I'm super happy to, you know, uh, have them be part of it. Or even like if, if other women have ideas of how we could expand Asia trail girls and some new initiatives, like I'm really open because I don't want it to be just my project. It's really a community. So uh, I'm open to any collaboration as well. Yeah, very, very cool. And there's some great content on there. Um, and yeah, I see you wearing your T8 Run t-shirt as well. Shout out to shout out to John John Ellis and the and the T8 crew. Um, um, I take it you're uh, yeah you're like still um, they're one of your main sponsors, right? In terms of like for, as like a, as a running sponsor for you. Do you have any other sponsors as well? Um, well, now it's T8 and also Bix, the supplements. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so definitely shout out to these two who have not abandoned me despite no races this year. <laughs> so uh, that's really great. And I think T8 uh, is coming up with a new running short for women, actually. Um, so I'm super excited for that uh, because I wanted something without the integrated belt. So there will be a new version of shorts without the belt. Um, coming soon and yeah i think bix has a new flavor which i still have to try so definitely shout out to those two excellent very good all right veronica thank you so much for joining us and um yeah really really appreciate it hope to catch up again soon yeah thank you so much for uh listening to me <laughs> for so long and uh yeah for for your time as well yeah it's been great all right cheers my dear see you soon Thanks. Bye bye. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Sweet. Scott, how you doing, mate? I'm pretty well, Mr. Rick Stockfish. I, I'm okay. It's good to good to see you again, albeit on Zoom. I'm, uh, I, yeah. I'm we're speaking from from quarantine. Coming coming to us live from a hotel somewhere in Singapore. Yeah, so so yet so near yet so far. Um, we're in uh, in our second week of Singapore quarantine, having done two weeks in UK, and then we we had a a few days in Boston in quarantine, and then we had about a week in uh, in Maine in quarantine after our pediatrician um, 
uh, I got tested positive for COVID. So fourth quarantine in a couple of months. Um, although I've been doing nothing like all of these crazy people that have been running marathons around their front room. I have been like either just sitting on my ass doing nothing or feeding a baby or, uh, um, or feeding two babies. Um, but yeah, there's been, there's been literally no exercise done in the last, uh, well, certainly the last month. Yeah, although I think getting trying to get get your way through three different countries with three kids, including two who've just arrived, is is probably its own endurance challenge. Oh, mate, don't get me wrong. I've had my workouts. Like I've been packing. I've packed up a car on. I can't even remember how many occasions. And um, and yeah, the honestly, it was like an expedition style adventure race. Just the logistics and the. Um, it was so hard. I can't even begin to describe. It was the toughest thing I've ever done. And uh, yeah, getting um, so yeah. For those that don't know, we had a, had had twins via surrogacy in in the states, and uh, which in normal times would be a very challenging process to go through. And during uh, during this COVID era, was just an absolute fucking nightmare. Just from paperwork to getting all sorts of uh, approvals to get back into Singapore and getting denied at the airport and having to drive through four different states to try and go and get a passport, which would normally you'd just be able to get in any post office in the U S in 24 hours. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a ride mate. So yeah, well, I haven't done the exercise. I've definitely had, um, well, anyway, mate, congratulations. I know that's, yeah, I'm sure the admin kind of overwhelmed almost everything else, but, that's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're all good, and um, and pleased to be back in Singapore. It's made me realise how lucky we are to live in this amazing city-state with a leadership that, like, kind of cares about their people, but also just as able to properly lead a country. The US and the UK are an absolute disaster zone. It's just a a complete and utter mess. So, um, although we've had to do it quite hard here, we're um, yeah we're still able to get out for runs and still able to to do some exercise and um and yeah i mean we're still a little, bit of a way off we're moving to phase three right in a, in a couple of weeks but um we're in uh yeah and so soon yeah, we'll be able to get races going again yeah hopefully that means just slightly more activity um i mean you could see people getting a little tired of restrictions there were definitely a few groups out that were significantly bigger than the five and i think they may have just sort of thought well we're you know, we're sort of through the worst of it. You know, there's no, you know, most, most days there's no cases. So yeah, with any luck, there'll be some, some races coming up and I see Jerry's been working on some stuff behind the scenes. Um, because yeah, I mean, otherwise there's not much, there's not much travel going on. And, and, uh, Chris has put up his, his Asia trail master intended schedule for next year. Um, very much an intended schedule and, uh, some fantastic races on there, but whether we'll be able to get to them remains to be seen. Yeah, well, the the race that they had in Vietnam recently was it Vietnam Mountain Marathon? I forget which one it was that they ran. Yeah, they, they postponed it. Honey, David had postponed it. Yeah, and they had a full a full race. They must have had a few, like a few thousand, couple of thousand people there. Um, it looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, it was it was like like looking back in time. You know, it was uh, it just felt like a normal race, just hundreds of people having fun at the start line. So. You know, if we uh, just hold on to that hope and, uh, you know, before too long, hopefully we'll be. We'll yeah, be I, I'm most disappointed about the um, about the bursting of the Hong Kong, Singapore bubble. Um, I had uh, I've, I've like booked a hotel in, in Hong Kong for Chinese New Year to get up there for the Hong Kong four trails and uh, and to, to follow that. And um, 
and hopefully be us be able to cover it as well. But um, it looks like that's going to be a domestic only event. Still doing it, going ahead. They'll still be running it. Um, but yeah, it's um, there's a, I don't think I saw. Um, yeah. Um, the guy, who's the guy who's based in Philippines, Christian. Christian. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he was like appealing to try and find ways into Hong Kong. But unless you're a PR or um, or a citizen, you can't get back in either. So, yeah, that's uh, so all of the overseas, like Stephen Redburn and um, uh, Tomo, and, and, I guess. Yeah, Tomo won't be able to come down from Japan. So um, it's a shame, it's a shame. But I mean, still, they've got, um, I mean, every year, most of the finishers are um, or survivors are from Hong Kong anyway. So they've got... Uh, I'd say probably 75% of them are domestic um, anyway. So um, they've got enough of a field there still to make it really interesting. So I'm looking forward to following it regardless. Um, yeah, and there's been, yeah. Some, there's been some fun activity up in Hong Kong, isn't there? I've seen a couple of, couple of the guys from Ryan's North Face team have smashed out a couple of FKTs. Yeah, yeah. So what was it? The Stone did the first one. I don't know whether he did the... Was it the... Did Wilson. Wilson, yeah. I, he, did he do it normal way or did it in reverse? I think he did it the normal way, actually. Yeah, I uh, think so. Just then, beat, beat his target time by, you know, 20 seconds or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, it's great to see that, I mean, it has been the year of the, uh, of the FKT. I need to see that documentary, actually, the, the Totally FKT. Um, was the, the one around, it's about the Bob Graham round, isn't it? Oh, no, the... Pennine Way. Pennine Way, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking whether it was the... Um, um, but yeah, I need to we need to check that out. Um, but yeah, amazing chat with um, with Veronica. Like uh, she's just uh, yeah, she's just such a great great person, great energy, and unbelievable runner. I mean, I think a lot of athletes. There's a lot of athletes out, out um, around the world that have almost just have their had their wings clipped for a year, and it's a shame because she, if she was able to sort of go on the the Sky Running World Championships or the Ultra World Championships, I think she would have been a a force to be reckoned with out there this year um but uh but hey i think for any of us it's quite good to have a fallow year and let your let your body rest although she's she hasn't been running long enough to have needed it to be fair but um but yeah what um yeah what a cool um uh cool person and asia trail girls is like a really really great community they've just started their own podcast as well which has got some really great content on there as well and i recommend yeah, they're certainly they're certainly posting more regularly than we are mate so we need to, uh, <laughs> we need yeah. to get back at it Oh uh, mate, it's been a fallow. Uh, it's been a fallow couple of months. Um, we've been, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm we, we can let you off. off off the charts, but um, yeah. Oh, mate, I absolutely loved that interview with Ash Dykes, though. Like, just what a what an uh, absolute inspiration. Just unbelievable. Um, I've just he's he's like one of the most impressive people that I've listened to, and uh, yeah, good good job getting uh, getting that over the line and and, and having a chat with him. Yeah, well, uh, again, like hopefully he'll uh, he'll be out this way, and we can do these in person sometime soon. Um, but yeah, there's I mean, there's there's so many stories going on around the world. There's just just not enough races, but um, I'm sure we've got plenty of people coming up soon that we can uh, start sharing their stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, mate, I hopefully we'll see you in person as well soon. Like, um, you might need to um, you might need to put a tow rope on me to get around McRitchie though. If we uh, if we go out for a run, <laughs> I think I'll be crawling around at this rate, like without having running. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's your your countdown to Christmas, isn't it? It's like your advent calendar every morning. Wake up. No, I am literally. I'm open, like, right. open another open another hotel window. That's it. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is it. Well, I've got Luca a Lego calendar and like I open up the advent calendar every morning is uh, is the most exciting part of the day. Um, <laughs> good stuff, mate. Um, well, nice one. Look forward to um, yeah, getting a few of these uh, recorded in person and, uh, and and ramping it up in the in the new year. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a great year. We've had some phenomenal in terms of the podcast. We've had like loads of great chats. Um, it's been weird having to divert to doing them over Zoom. Um, I think we're all over um, having Zoom calls and can't wait to, because uh, when we started, I think like in the first six months, I think we recorded like in about five or six different countries. Uh, it was uh, like, we talked about diversity from the beginning, but the, with the amount of different countries we recorded people with people. So hopefully that will come back uh, from in the second half of, um, of next year. Yeah. Well, congrats again, mate. Very happy for you. Let's, uh, let's get together as soon as you get out of that. Yeah. Uh, cheers, uh, mate. Really- um, right. Yeah, nice one. Speak to you soon. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.